Well, we are in this series talking about expansion. But you know, as I think about this expansion, if that's all that ever happens, then we have, we have failed. And I hope that God has been speaking to you through these several weeks. And, you know, the last couple of days, God has been giving me this picture of, of, of the future of Fairlawn, dreaming of, of 2049. Because you see, 2049 is, is the 100th anniversary of the Fairlawn Mennonite Church. And I've been wondering, what, what will 2049 look like? What will that celebration look like? What could it look like? And as I, as I dreamed about this, this celebration, I saw, I saw people coming. I saw people coming up and, and talking about how God had impacted them and, and how back in 2019, God did an incredible work at the Fairlawn Mennonite Church. It was one of those milestone moments in, in the history of, of our church. And, and I imagined children who who are now in their 40s, these young people who are now starting to turn gray and getting a few wrinkles, coming up and saying, look, this is, this is how I was impacted at Fairlawn. This is why my family is still here. And, and I see young children who, who are now in their 30s saying, you know, it was the children's ministry that, that really captured my heart. It was there that, that I learned about Jesus. And another young person comes up and he says, I'm a product of the Go teams. You see, many years ago, the Go teams, a group from your church came to Worcester Christian Children's Home and I felt loved by them and they told me about Jesus and I'm here today because of them. And another person comes up and says, you know, my mom was lonely in the community and, and you had this play zone over here at your church and so, so she came to bring me so I could play. But while she was there, she met some people from this church and they shared the gospel with my mom and, and my mom received Christ and now my whole family believes because of this transformation that happened at the Fairlawn Mennonite Church in somewhere around 2019. And another man comes and he says, you know, I don't attend here anymore, but, but I'm a part of the, of the church that was planted up at Glen Ridge 20 years ago. And it was a group from Fairlawn that came to Glen Ridge and planted a church and, and told me about Jesus. I'm a product of the transformation that happened at the Fairlawn Mennonite Church 30 years ago. And more people stream and more come and, and people from other parts of the world come and, and talk about how they were transformed because the Fairlawn Mennonite Church sent missionaries to my village to tell me about Jesus. 
I dream of what transformation will look like here at the Fairlawn Mennonite Church. And I wonder what that celebration in 2049 will look like, what it can look like. And I believe this is a a monumental moment in the history of the Fairlawn Mennonite Church. And and I think these people will, they'll say, I think maybe there was a building project during 2019, but that wasn't really what happened. It was transformation that happened. I am a product of a group of people that, that committed their lives to serving Christ and planting gospel seeds. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 13, and and I get really excited when I think about the possibilities of what God can do through us as we share the gospel and as we disciple people and we do the work of the kingdom. Jesus tells us, now last week, Kelsey talked about a harvest and how we need to be engaged in the harvest. And he asked a really hard question, why are you engaged in the harvest? And if not, why not? What keeps me from being engaged in the harvest? Today, Jesus is talking about planting seeds planting gospel seeds. And he says in, in Matthew chapter 13, says a farmer went out to sow seeds, and as he scattered the seed, some fell along the path, and birds came and ate it up, and some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, but because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up and the plant was scorched, and they withered because it had no root, Other seeds fell among the thorns, which grew up, and they choked the plants. Still other seeds fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. And so Jesus tells this parable, and his disciples are confused. And so when he has them by themselves... They ask him to explain, and he says in verse 18, he says, listen then to the parable of this, what it means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This, this is the seed that was sown along the path. The one who received the seed that fell on the rocky places, it is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy, But since he has no root, it lasts only for a short time. When trouble and persecution come because of the word, he quickly falls away. The one who receives the seed that fell among the thorns, he is the man who hears his word. But worry, the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. But the one who receives the seed that fell on the good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it, and he produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what 
has been sown. God, show us from these words, open our hearts, prepare the soil of our hearts to hear and understand these words from Jesus. In this parable, the sower obviously is Jesus. The seed is the message of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Matthew or Mark in his account says in verse 414, the sower sows the word. So it is the word of God that, that the planter is, 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 is planting. The word of God is transformational. You know, the psalmist says in Psalm 107 verse 20, he sent forth his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Jesus says in John 8, 31, he says, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You see, salvation comes to people through the word of God. But here we see that, this, that, the, that the word of God fell on different soils, different types of soils, and that's what, that, that's what determined the results of the seed planting. It says some fell on hard hearts. It says anyone who hears his word and doesn't understand them the evil one will come and snatch it away. So we see right away that, that we are in a spiritual battle whenever we're planting seeds. And some of the seed that we sow will plant will fall on, on hard hearts. Those are those who hear the message of the kingdom but reject it. And so the evil, the evil one comes and he snatches the good news of the kingdom away immediately. These are hard hearts that love the world. I say, I believe in Jesus, but, but I don't want to give my life to him. I, I love the world more than I love Jesus, and I want to make my own decisions. I want to do my own thing. That is the hard heart. The shallow heart it says, the one who received the seed, it fell on a rocky place, and it is a man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But then it says, the sun comes up, and, and in a short time, he withers. This is the shallow heart that initially receives the message of the gospel and responds to the message, but when the sun beats down on it, it withers and it dies. You see, when the pressures and the persecution comes, this person falls away. And many people fit this description. Their shallow hearts were first attracted. They heard a message. Somebody shared the gospel with them. They got excited they start going to church. They enjoy the social aspect of it. They, they like the friendships and, and, and 
so they've made this profession of faith, but then something hard comes along. They lose their job. There's misunderstanding with other believers in the church. There's sickness, there's death and persecution, and all of it once this faith that they embraced is gone and they fall away. George Whitfield, who was a great evangelist who preached to to masses of people would often be asked how many people were saved at the night of his uh, crusade. And Whitfield would say, well, we'll see in a few years. What Whitfield was saying is, we'll see if their faith was real. We'll see if they were were." were were committed to Christ or they were just shallow-hearted people. Be very careful in light of this clear teaching about a superficial heart, that you're not just here for the activity and you're not just here because it's fun or, or because your friends are here. That won't last. And Jesus talks about a strangled heart. He says, the one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but worries of this life and deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. This is the heart that hears the word of God. The word of God takes root and it begins to grow. But suddenly there's no room for for the word in this heart and, and the cares of the world, wealth, desire for wealth, begin to consume you. And if you're not careful, these things will choke your heart. Matthew Henry says, prosperity destroys the word in the heart as much as persecution does and more dangerously because more silently, the stone spoiled the root, the thorn spoiled the fruit. And what's dangerous about this is, is, is and, and don't make sure you understand this imagery here, but, but thorns don't suddenly choke something, a plant. It, 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 it's a gradual, almost unknowingly, and, and the desire for money and things and the consumption of stuff and our appetite for activity divides and eventually destroys the heart. And it is our desire for wealth and things and this appetite for activity that I see choking out the word of God in the church today. We don't have time for the word. We don't have time to serve. We don't have time to sow seeds. But we have time for everything else. Our appetite for activity is choking the word of God from our heart.
In verse 23, Jesus talks about a, a fruitful heart. This is the one who received the seed that fell on good soil. It's the one who hears the word, understands it, and produces a crop. You see, the fruitful heart, the heart that understands, the fertile heart bears fruit. And the fruit of the word is evident in their lives. The fruit of the Spirit is evident. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. In other words, your life reflects that the Word is alive in you by the way you treat other people and by the way you act. And, and the gifts of the Spirit are evident in you. You're using what God has given you to advance the gospel. You're, you're sowing seeds of the gospel. You're discipling. You're advancing out loud with words and, and, and you're walking alongside of people. You see, there is evidence that you are a follower. There's fruit. Although we're not saved by our good works, good works are evidence that the word of God is alive in us. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And he says then in verse 8, this is my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. You see, when we bear fruit, when there's fruit evident in our lives, we glorify God. We make him famous. There is evidence that he is in us. And when we, with fruitful hearts, when we begin to, to spread the message of salvation, the good news of Jesus, we will face resistance. You know, Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 10 when he sent them out to, to, to share the gospel, to sow seeds of the gospel, he warned them that they would face persecution, they would face resistance. They did, but he said, keep sowing the seed. Don't stop sowing. We must sow seeds. We must keep sowing. Parents, sow the seed of the gospel in your children. Day after day, after week, after month, after year, sow the seed of the gospel.
If you have an unbelieving parent, sow the seed of the gospel over and over and over again. If you have an unbelieving spouse, continue to sow the seed of the gospel. Never, ever, ever give up. Even when it feels like it's falling on hard soil or, or it's falling on shallow soil, keep sowing seeds. Don't stop. Pray and trust the Lord of the harvest in your seed sowing. See, because we're in a battle. If you notice, only 25% of of the, the seed that the sower sowed was productive. You know, not everybody that Jesus shared the gospel with believed. Many didn't believe, but he continued to sow the seed of the gospel. We have not failed when we are rejected by our message of the gospel. The only time we fail is when we don't share. Our responsibility is to plant seeds. And we should be encouraged by our witnessing, by our sharing the gospel, knowing that some will believe. You are here today because somebody sowed gospel seeds and didn't give up. This leads me to a really important question that I want to ask you today. What is the condition of your heart? Is your heart receptive to the gospel? Have you allowed the gospel to settle deep down into your heart and has it transformed your life? Have you placed your faith in Jesus Christ and began to produce Holy Spirit fruit? You know, and maybe you've been coming to church for, for years. That doesn't mean you have a fruitful heart. And my dad, who just died a couple weeks ago, went to church for 25 years, took his family to church for 25 years, and his heart remained hard. 
There were gospel seeds sown in his life week after week after week after month by the preaching and by the Sunday school teachers and by people who cared about him. And yet my dad's heart remained hard. But I'm here to tell you this morning that that God can break that hard ground. He can uproot the rocks and he can remove the thorns. And yes, there's hope. And when that seed hit the fruitful soil of my dad's heart 30 years ago, there was transformation. There was immediate change. He almost immediately became a fruitful follower of Christ. Some of you have sat in church for 25 years with a hard heart. Today is the day to receive the seed. Ezekiel 36 says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from your impurities and from your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. That is what God wants to do this morning with some of you. He wants to give you a new heart. He wants to put his spirit in you. He says, I will remove from you a heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and to be careful to keep my laws. You see, when, when, that, when that seed hits a, a, a soft, prepared heart, there's transformation and change. There's a new heart. One that desires to follow after Jesus. And one of the things that my dad taught me after he became a follower was how to follow hard after Jesus. Not by the things that he said, but I watched his life. Twenty nineteen can be the year of transformation for you. Imagine what can happen. If we had 500 hearts that were hungry to follow Jesus, people that wanted to make Jesus famous, what could God do with 500 people who are passionate about sowing gospel seeds? What can God do?
can do incredible things. Now, let me warn you, following Jesus is dangerous. Because when we follow hard after Jesus and and we sow gospel seeds, we, we are entering Satan's domain. We are messing with his territory and, 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 and we are going after his property. And so there will be resistance. That's why Paul tells us in, in Ephesians chapter 6, he says, we have, to, we have to prepare ourselves for battle. We have to dress ourselves for battle. He says in Ephesians 6, he says, be strong in the Lord and, and, and in, in the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the, the schemes of the devil. He says, because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against authorities and against cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor that you may be able to withstand the day of evil that is coming. You see, it's not a question of if you will be tested. It's not a question of if Satan will, will, will come after you. It's a question of when. And he comes after us when we are in our weakest moments. And as believers, we will have weak moments. We will be tested and we will be tried. But when I, when I put on the armor of God, that's something you should really look into this. We don't have time to get into it. But, but when we put on the armor of God, it's a lifestyle. It's, it's pressing into Jesus. It's trusting him and letting him dress us and letting him protect us. But be strong. Stand firm. Stand firm in your faith. Stand firm. You know, we've been really tested here the last two months. Some really hard things have happened. Families are suffering because of loss, because of health issues. And it's in those moments when Satan comes to us, trying to put doubt in our mind, about God's goodness. It's when we need the armor of God. And this morning, some of you that have come with hard hearts for a long time, God is really, he's he's pressing upon you, He's, he's convicting you, he's saying, come and follow me. Don't just show up on Sunday mornings anymore. I want you to be my child. And there's a battle going on for your soul right now. Some of you once believed, but because of of, of hard things, that faith has faded. Jesus wants you. He wants you.
I'm inviting you to follow this morning. I'm inviting you to be serious about your faith and allow Jesus to change and transform you. March 17th, 2019 was the beginning of my change. I want to take some time to pray. And if God really spoke to you this morning, if your heart is pounding and you're saying, I I want change, I want to be different. As we're praying, I just want you to raise your hand. And I want to pray for you. So let's take some time and just close our eyes. Think about what God is speaking to you this morning. If you want a new heart this morning, I just want you to slip your hand up and say, I want a new heart. I want to be transformed. Father, this morning, I pray that we would allow you to transform us. I pray this morning against a spirit of pride. keeps people from following. And Lord, whatever is keeping people from, from giving themselves to you, Father, I pray that you would show them right now. That you would begin a I pray, Father, that that we would become men and women who follow hard after you. I pray, Lord, that you would expose us in in our areas where where we flounder, where, where we're putting up fronts, where or we're telling lies to ourselves and others. Or that there would be a spirit of humility that would, that would come over us. And we would desire you more than we desire the world. Father, do a word.
change us into who you desire and want us to be. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.